Happy New Year. Happy New Year, Andrew. So do you have any um, New Year's resolutions or big plans for the 23? This uh, might be one of the first years that I haven't actually sat down and made a list of goals and resolutions I want to accomplish this year. I would be lying if I didn't tell you that I did not have a little anxiety on January 1st because I wasn't actually actively writing down my goals for the year. But Why do you think that is? Why, why no goals this year? I There's a freedom in going into the year not attaching myself to a list of goals, whether it's things I want to accomplish in the gym or places I want to travel or you know, goals I want my kids to accomplish. There's a freedom in just letting those go and actively working toward bettering myself, but not obsessed with these goals that I wrote down with deadlines and dates. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I understand that. So I think that's what we're going to talk about today's podcast, um, you know, more along the lines of goals, ritual, habits, and routines, and how those can shape our new year and um, kind of some of the pitfalls and uh, glories that we can find in those things. Want to talk about it? Let's talk about it. This is the podcast, No Expectations, where we discuss all things spiritual, from Zen to yoga and everything in between, trying to break down the barriers in most people's spiritual path, discussing it in an adult and kind of spontaneous and friendly way. My name's Andrew. I'm a lifelong Zen bodhisattva, yoga instructor, recovering yogi, and a um, particular fan of goth music. This is my co-host, Jen. Hi, I'm Jen, a mom, a wife, a yogi, and someone who has found herself on this spiritual path in recent years. I consider myself on a never-ending journey, and I've been asking myself bigger questions, and I've been asking Andrew a bunch of bigger questions, and here we are bringing them together. Yeah, no expectations. That's what we'll provide. We'll discuss lots of no expectations, how to maybe pull those out of your life and live free and the challenges that that provides. Looking forward to sharing those with you. Maybe we'll make you laugh. Maybe not. Did you know that it takes 21 days to create a new habit? I did not. I mean, is that good habits or bad habits? I, I guess whatever it is that you're routinely doing... In 21 days, it will become a habit, something you do, like brushing your teeth in the morning. So, yeah, what's the difference between a habit and a routine? I think it's the idea that it's an impulse to do a behavior with little or no thought. That's what a habit is, right? Yeah. Um, Like, so you start to develop washing your hands after you use the bathroom or brushing your teeth or, I don't know, what else is a habit that you have? Eating breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Like, yeah, just... And a routine is probably a, a series of behaviors that we just frequently repeat, right? Um, some routines do become habits, but based on the research that I found, about 45% of our behaviors, our daily behaviors, are habits. So not everything becomes a habit. Um, and how do you think we can work on making habits on everyday occurrence? Like, it's hard. It's hard. So... I think 
Um, so as we look at the new year, people are starting to think, I've got to make changes in my life. I need to start to develop new things, new habits for myself. Um, and I, uh, my experience with it is they start too big. They start too big. We need to think small, think, you know, how can I, something I can get my arms around. And one of the things that a lot of people come to me in the new year and say, hey, I want to I meditate. And uh, we talk about meditation. I say, well, what do you want to accomplish? Well, I want to be able to sit for a long time. Well, what's a long time? Well, I don't know. Days? <laughs> um, so those are the kinds of things that, that I run into and in trying to create those framework to, for those people to arrive uh, in meditation with no expectations. Because I don't know when you first started meditating, when, when Jen and I first met each other in a yoga studio, I don't know that meditation was in your daily practice or daily routine. No, I joined a yoga studio that you were teaching at uh, several years ago. It was the year before the year COVID in 2020. And it was part of my New Year's resolutions to take yoga. Mm -hmm. And you happened to be a teacher there. And I know I, I wanted to take X amount of classes in January. And by February, I wanted to be in an arm balance. That was mm -hmm. that was my goal. Wow. Um, meditation wasn't there. Uh, it was far away. But I think when I added do more yoga to my goals, I, I think I was hinting at somewhere deep inside of me like get on this path, mm -hmm. and yoga has always been, you know, kind of the the gateway drug to spirituality. I think. Yeah, you know, um, I, I think a lot of people, you know, in in modern Western cultures, see uh, yoga is only movement. You know, it's uh, being flexible, physically flexible, constantly moving, um, but they don't see the really difficult part of the discipline, which is sitting still. Yeah. Um, and for example, on New Year's Day, I did uh, a 108 sun salutations with uh, a group of my students, which those of you who've never done 108 sun salutations, it's a very meditative practice where we consistently uh, do 108 sun salutations repeatedly without any talking, listening only to our breath. There's and, no music. There's no music. music. Just constantly going. And, and one student who is, it was, was their first uh, attempt at 108 easily completed it, had all the physical prerequisites to do the, the task, finished, and at the end she said, well, that was boring. <laughs> I bet that made you feel great. <laughs> well, but you get what you need, yeah. you know, and so she was on this think that it was like 108 burpees, you know, mm. where you're just going through the physical part of it um, and didn't give herself the opportunity to enjoy 75 minutes of silence being, and maybe not everyone enjoys that. Maybe that's the problem too, mm. right? Maybe that is boring. The oh, silence. It's scary. That's a, <laughs> silence is a scary place. Right. So there was an opportunity to kind of connect those things, those, that yoke that we talk about in yoga. Why? O-L-K, <laughs> not the yolk of an egg, um, the bringing together of the, of the discipline of mind, body, and breath, and, and finding meditation in that. But even in that, that was difficult for her. So when people come to me and they say, hey, I want to meditate, in, in what form do you want to meditate? Is that peeling potatoes? Is that doing yoga asana? Is that taking a hike in the woods? Mm -hmm. Can it be all of those things? Sure. Yeah. Why not? Um but I think it's about starting 
small. Um, and one of my early teachers, when we started working in meditation, one of the first things he said was, um, don't force it. Don't force. And when you first begin, maybe you sit down and you find your spot and you put on a timer and you sit for a minute. And that's it. And you learn to sit for a minute. And then maybe you learn to sit in three weeks for three minutes. And over time, you just keep adding or subtracting. Hmm. And then the timer goes away. But it's the idea of give yourself the opportunity to sit. And I think that's the thing. So talk to me about your routine now that with meditation as we've worked together for a few years. Yeah, so I've... when. I first came to Andrew, we had an established relationship in yoga asanas, and I had wanted to learn how to meditate in self-healing. Um, I had an injury and a surgery on date scheduled, and I had state suites to kind of get my mind right. I, physically, I felt healthy and strong, and I just wanted to be able to get through that surgery process and healing process with a strong mind. and. Through those six weeks, I developed a very strong routine where every morning I would get up and I would meditate. And sometimes I would repeat a mantra. Sometimes I would have music kind of like lowly playing in the background. Um, but over time, it just became sitting without an expectation. Mm-hmm. But it took a lot of time. It took, I mean, you know, there were days early on where I would be there for 30 seconds and kind of stand up and walk out. Like, this isn't working. I, I'm sitting still for too long, and my to-do list is way longer. Um, it took a lot of time, and it took a lot of um, discipline of keep coming back at the same time every morning. And eventually it, it became every morning and every night, you know, to help me sleep, just kind of meditating and clearing my thoughts for bed. So it was uh, not something that I, a ritual that I created overnight, or it might have been longer than 21 days. <laughs> we all struggle with it, but I think it's important, you know, when that's the thing that I, that I tell new students when they come into this idea of, of meditation and sitting is to create that space. And I mean, physically create that space where you can go to repeatedly. So I understand that everyone has a separate room in their house or a place that they can do that, but you can certainly put your pillow or your blanket in one spot and probably leave it there Mm -hmm. and create that space for yourself to come and sit. And I think it's important to do it first thing in the morning. Get up, use your bathroom, do your things, get yourself prepared to sit without any expectation. And as a student recently asked me, um, he said, well, how long do you sit? And I said, you sit until you're done. And he said, well, I, I, don't, I don't understand that. And I said, well, you sit until you're done. And he said, well, aren't you afraid of missing something? If you just maybe if you sat for another 30 seconds longer, maybe you'd create, find some great uh, you know, epiphany or satori. And I was, I was like, no. I said, because I'm done. There's nothing else there. Mm-hmm. So you sit until you're done, and then you clean up your space where you've sat, and, and you walk away from it. Andrew, the hardest part for me getting into starting my meditation routine or ritual was being able to walk to my space and sit down and not have an expectation, mm-hmm. whether it was a time expectation or some you know big epiphany. It was... It took a lot of training to 
I mean, how often do we do something with no purpose? Mm. But it, especially every day of our lives without a purpose. Let me stop you there. There's a great purpose here. This idea of self-study that we're going through is great purpose. But we, as a society, think sitting and being still, I'm, not, I'm of no use. But you're of great use to yourself. And that's the idea. If you're creating that great use, that connection to yourself makes you a better use, not only to you, but all of those people around you. And I think you can probably relate to that experience, right? Whereas you went through that process of self-healing, it helped heal your life exponentially. Oh my gosh. I, I, so many different ways. Like we could sit and talk all day about how much of a better human I became through this process and calming my mind and others who saw me do it every day, you know, my family members, how they were greatly impacted by my ability to calm my mind and be present. And to, to that extent, I see, I see there's a lot of frustration, too, where um, people, particularly who come to, let's say, yoga asana, a yoga class, human beings, we think that we can, we're pretty good at mimicking other people's movements, right? Like, mm-hmm. I, I can see you doing, um, you know, a down dog. Well, I think I can do it pretty well, so I can, I can copy that. Yeah. But when somebody's sitting in a meditative posture, um, and I look at them and I was like, oh, I, I can probably sit like that, but I don't know what's going on in between their ears. And that's the tricky bit, right? Mm-hmm. That's the tricky bit where people suffer because they're like, oh, I want to I do what they're doing, but I don't know that I can do what they're doing. And that becomes problematic because it doesn't matter what they're doing. I don't know what's going on in your mind. Like, I don't know what conflict or what, um, what ideas you're trying to um, navigate. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and so as human beings, when we sit and watch somebody else meditate, we, get, we struggle with that because we think that we're not doing it right. Yeah. And there is no right or wrong. It's just give yourself the opportunity. And the only way that that opportunity presents itself is if we continually show up and repeat and repeat and rinse and repeat and can try it again and again. Will it always work? No. No. Mm-mm. But there's beauty in the failure. Yeah. If that's how you want to define it. You know, if that's really how you want to define it. As I, as I work uh, with a group of high-performance tennis athletes, young adults, um, great athletes struggling with the mental component of, you know, meditation and sitting, it's a win-lose in their mind. I will sit for a long time and I'll say, how did it go? Not so great. Who, by whose measure? By my measure. Well, who told you you can measure it like that? Well, I don't know. I just thought it was because last time it was better. By what measure was it better? Well, I don't know. So we're constantly destroying the thing that we really need to work on. And we're saying, I need to be softer with myself, saying what I'm doing is good work, and that's good enough. Yeah. And be done with it. For me, hearing that I could take away the timeline for my meditation, and just there was a great freedom in hearing that, just arrive there and just just sit and 
don't start grabbing for things or searching for this, you know, great feeling. Just just be there. Um, hearing that from you repetitively as I was developing this habit or this ritual was very important for my success and creating it. And I, I think something I would say to you a lot during those early sessions was uh, the idea of we have to have great faith, and it's great faith in ourselves first, and then we have to have great doubt, which we all have plenty of great doubt in ourselves, mm-hmm. um, but we also have to have great determination and and continually say that to ourselves that this is not every day is going to be great. Not every time we sit down is going to be magnificent. We're not going to find the secrets of the universe. But give ourselves the opportunity yeah. and, and know that uh, the more we try, that they may be there somewhere. Sounds like the recipe for creating a discipline. Right. Three parts. Right. So we kind of wandered off from the, the main topic here of habit and ritual. But I think it is important mm-hmm. when we talk about meditation that it is something that you do repeatedly. You cannot just show up to it one time and be done with it. So if you start to add it to your routine in the new year, think about starting small. Think about uh, attainable goals, and I put quotations around those. Um, and like my mentor it said, start with a timer, a minute, three minutes, see what that feels like, um, and give yourself the opportunity. And when you're done with the meditation, take a quick inventory and how you're thinking. Um, instead of saying, I did that poorly, maybe think about the things that you did right. Maybe one of the things that you did right is just by showing up and sitting down. Something that helped me was I had a journal that I kept nearby, mm-hmm. and I would just scribble. I wouldn't, Sometimes I would write pages and pages because that's what came out of it was some, uh, something that had to come out. But in those early days of my meditation development, I would just write down one or two sentences of things I was I was feeling after, not before, but just kind of after, and that helped me kind of I, holding myself accountable wasn't really what I'm looking to do there, what I was looking to do there, but in a way it did help me process some process some things that right. came up during meditation, and then move on, and then you leave it in my meditation space and go make my coffee. Right. And it's like exactly what it is. Leave it there. That, that's also great. You know, you're unburdening yourself. So you don't have to take mm-hmm. that for the rest of the day if you don't really want to, right? You just process it through, write it down, send it out to the universe in whatever form it needs to be, and then leave it there. And then maybe pick up the thread later in the evening or the next day or four weeks later, or whatever that is for you. Yeah. So I think that's a great idea, writing down your um, post-meditative thoughts, mm-hmm. whether good or bad. But um, give yourself the opportunity to uh, enjoy the process and and not um, – and there's nothing worse than trying to create a habit that you don't enjoy. Right. Have you ever done that? Well, I was talking but, to somebody the other day. They're like, oh, New Year, I'm going um, to change my diet. I'm going to do this and do that. Can you, can you give me pointers? And I said, well, no. And I said, what do you mean no? I was like, she goes, well, I want to eat like you eat. <laughs> and, and I was like, well, I, don't, I, I can give you a whole list of things that I don't eat. And she was like, "Well, I don't want to do that. I don't want to. I don't want to give up bread, and I don't want to." And I was like, well, "Why would you want to be on a diet that, of things you don't enjoy because it becomes painful?" Mm. So sure, eat eat the things you enjoy, but you maybe think about it in moderation a little bit. It's the same thing here with when we show up for meditation. Find ways for you to help yourself get there. Maybe it's not staring at a wall. 
maybe it's maybe it is playing music in the background. Maybe it is listening to a uh, you know a guided a guided meditation. meditation. Again, I think after time, it is you take those things what I call a crutch away. Mm. So I had a great. I just remembered I had a rose quartz crystal that I found right before we went into lockdown on a girls' trip in Blue Ridge, Georgia. And it was this rose quartz shaped like a the state of Georgia, of all things. I don't know. I found it on a hike, and I carried it in my hand. And that quartz, over time, just became something that I would squeeze so tight in my hand. And by the end of this meditation, I, you know, I would see that either it left a mark in my hand or I had released it. And it's something that I no longer use, but it still sits in my meditation space as a reminder of you know, the, the process that I've taken to get here. So, you know, some people need the quartz or the beads. Or the mantra. The, the mantra, yeah. Or the music or, or whatever. I think it's about finding what you need to be comfortable um, and not think that um, it's one size fits all because um, mm-hmm. not everyone works like that. So, again, again, it's about showing up. Yeah. Showing up, showing up, and giving yourself that opportunity. Um, and... and if it's just if you just do it once, you're you're not probably going to get the results you desire. You, if you do it 150 times, you may not get the results you desire. But enjoy the journey. Enjoy the journey. That's... I think that's what it is. And in the show up with no expectations. Okay, so we're back with our thought of the day, um, and I'm quoting a Zen quote here. The broad, deep sky is unhindered by the passing cloud. What do you think about that? I love that quote. It allows you to kind of soar above cruising altitude and mm. go a little bit higher and see, you know, there's so much chaos around us below us, above us, um, but allowing yourself to rise above it and not be weighted down by it. Yeah, I mean, to back to the, um, the quote itself, you know, broad, deep sky is, is our mind. And the more that we work um, with ourselves and be gentle with ourselves, um, the more we can cultivate that space that depth inside of ourselves um, and that when something troubling, which is guaranteed to happen in our lives, something distressing, some sort of external stimuli, stressor that comes into our life, um, that we're ready for it, that our, our mind is, is ready to accept this, this turbulence. This cloud. Back to your... Yeah. <laughs> you know, flying in, 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 in cruising out through the turbulence, but be able to withstand it because we've conditioned ourselves. Our mind is strong and we're not going to let something like a passing cloud come and disrupt that ability to maintain ourselves. And that takes work. Meditation helps. Meditation that, That's helps. the best place to find that. I, I think so. I mean, there's a lot of places to find. And, you know, we talked briefly in the earlier segment, meditation does not always require sitting down. You know, I just passed over that briefly. Um, you know, I'm a big fan of 
and I think we both are, of being in the woods mm-hmm. by, by ourselves, taking a long walk. I know for myself that um, I do a lot of processing of thoughts, either creatively or emotionally, when I go for a long hike. You know, I go out there and there's just nothing but me in nature. Uh, I, I really enjoy that. I also enjoy, um, you know, cooking. There's cooking by myself. There is um, this meditative thing about, you know, peeling potatoes, potatoes. or, yeah. you know, prepping vegetables or, or whatever that is. And um, finding, I, I find myself working in a different space in those types of meditations where I'm very, um, very aware of being grateful of what's in front of me and like holding each, um, each piece of produce or whatever I'm serving with great care, even though it's a, you know, what we would think is, you know, a very cheap and disposable carrot, it's still something beautiful and and nourishing, and I need to create it and hold it the same way I would a, a beautiful piece of sea bass or, or whatever it is, you know. And finding that gratitude in those spaces, too, creates a meditative experience mm-hmm. for myself, too. Just, do you think in, in that moment or in that space, the gratitude of where the carry came from and how it grew and the the flight it took from a seed to your hand mm-hmm. for this recipe and gratitude along the way of everything that it, mm-hmm. it you know, has gone through to get to you. And that's, that's a really uh, intimate way of giving gratitude in our everyday. And I believe that's where it starts, you know, and not to get way off topic from our quote of the day. (laughs) But I think that's where gratitude starts is in the small moments. You know, when we hear, when we walk into a room or we're in a, you know, a spiritual lecture or uh, uh, reading a spiritual book talking about, you know, developing gratitude, gratitude begins with small things. Um, And and I I personally believe it starts with learning to, to... um, really appreciate the, the minute minutia things in life, you know, and yeah. saying this is this is beautiful, and and recognize it, and how that can if we continue to develop that in ourselves in the way we see everything, then we see everything yeah. like that. So when the thing that isn't as beautiful mm-hmm. comes across. We have it's it's instilled in our thinking to be able to look at it, and you know, give it gratitude and let it pass. I. Well, beauty is is uh, is in the eye of the beholder, isn't it? Yeah. So I mean, it's, you might find something revolting. I find beautiful. I don't know. Maybe there are definitely some things that Andrew finds beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> I have to send you a picture of the shirt he has on. <laughs> Put it on the podcast Instagram, <laughs> and it's actually a pretty cool shirt. It's it's, I've, it's he's, New Orleans. He's wearing a shirt that is a map of New Orleans of it's the Mississippi River. The Mississippi River, but it looks like a snake. I'm gonna take a picture. We are way off track here. We are way off. Track. <laughs> um, I, have, I would like to talk about gratitude maybe in our next podcast. Let's do it. 
All right, so quote of the day is, the broad, deep sky is unhindered by the passing cloud. Think about that next time that your mind starts to wander and you're stressed out about things. Um, You have what it takes to get through that moment. You're safe in that moment. And and, uh, keep building on that. 